the fire. No matter what, it starts from within. If we can make a positive change from within and show the world cops really want to do good things, you know, you could change the mindset of some people and show, hey, maybe not every cop is bad. You know, every profession has knuckleheads. I'm so sick and tired of, uh, oh, cops, this, cops, that's not the nonsense. There's been crappy teachers, crappy priests, you know what I mean? We go on and on and on, you know, but stop villainizing cops. Welcome to Through the Fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke, of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. The doctors are in. Hello, hello, everybody. I hope everyone is starting out well this new year. I am here alone solo doing a wonderful interview, I hope, that all of you will enjoy. I'm pleased to welcome Joseph Ampartrice, who is one of the co-founders of the Blue Lives Matter uh, registered group um, New York, of New York City. He is a 16-year veteran of the New York Police Department and in the rank of sergeant. And he's also, I'm going to say, uh, a second-generation police officer. Is that correct, Joseph? Correct. correct. And I want you all to know that the Blue Lives Matter New York City, Inc. has is an organization that has raised nearly $2 million since its inception in January of 2015 with an all-volunteer staff. And Joseph, I'm interested in also saying, uh, at, uh, having you share where that money goes and why you raise the money and what you do, because I think that is so important. And Joseph often, I mean, often appears on Fox News Network, Newsmax, New York Post, and many, many other news outlets. So I, I'm very, very grateful to have him here and that he's taken time away from his sleep to, to join us today. Um, he was recently fi- uh, featured in the Netflix series Explained during the Flags episode. So welcome, Joseph, um, today. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. And Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Let's hope 2022 gets on a better track than what we've seen the last few years. Oh, in so many ways, right? In so many ways. And, and yeah. you know, right now I, I was just listening to Joe Biden's speech. Uh, talk about things that happened, you know, uh, about a year ago today, you know, up there in, in D.C. And, you know, I, I thought that the timing for us was perfect because we just also had we were having, you know, a lot of different rulings going on around the cities that are more difficult to patrol and, and, and you know, kind of keep a, you know, crime in check. And uh, yesterday, the D.A. there in D, uh, New York City um, did a ruling that changes a lot of previous uh, felonies to misdemeanors. And yeah, Alvin, Alvin Bragg, this guy is, uh, he, he's something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've had this conversation a lot. Me and my buddy, uh, Darren Porter, we host Crossing the Line on our uh, Facebook page, Blue Lives Matter NYC. And we were talking about that today. Politics has no place in law enforcement whatsoever. It doesn't matter if you're a DA. It doesn't matter if you're the mayor. When it comes to law enforcement, your number one goal is to make sure your constituents are safe. And for a DA to come out on the record in front of a podium and tell the world, I'm not prosecuting for illegal firearms. I'm not prosecuting for violent felonies with previous convictions. We're not prosecuting drugs, prostitution, resisting arrest. There's something terribly wrong there, especially when the incoming mayor uh, is saying, listen, we have to get tough on crime. There's, there's, There's some wires that aren't connecting there, and I'm hoping they get on the same page sooner than later. Right. And I, I, I heard something uh, that maybe if somebody died as a result of these, that they were going to push back on him and that there was going to be, you know, some countersuits or something going on. But I just started thinking like that, you know, everybody follows the New York City Police Department, right? Because you're, you guys are, are it. 
You kind of set yeah. everything in motion. And he just, I mean, things are already tough there for you guys. He's just saying, oh, come on into the city. Do whatever you want. We're not going to do anything to you. So why would you all try to even patrol? Why would you even try to stop it? What you would... Well, Murray, Murray, to start, it's it's when he was on the campaign trail. This is what's mind-boggling. He was saying that this is what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, his opponent, Tom Kniff, on the Republican side, was telling individuals he's not going to prosecute. And sure enough, here we are today talking about what this guy's not prosecuting. Mm-hmm. For individuals to go out there and still vote for people like this is something wrong. You know, I, I've been saying this more and more and more because with Blue Lives, I thrown, got thrown into the political spectrum. Stop worrying about the D and the R in front of a name for someone running. Right. And don't vote in spite. Don't vote not for Joe Paratrice because you don't like me, yeah. but vote for Marie because you don't like me. I'd rather hear people right. say they didn't show up to the polls. Right. I'd be more respectful because you're spiting yourself. Now you're endangering your public safety, yes. your family's public safety. Now, why would officers go out there and continue to do well? Number one, it's their job. They swore an oath. So, mm-hmm. you know, especially with the tale of the law in New York City, officers can't strike. They can't do anything. And the whole point of being a police officer is to help, you know, it's crazy because when I first started 16 years ago, the city was really on a good path. The people that came before me did a hell of a lot of work, brave men and women. So many people lost their lives in the Mm -hmm. performance of duty, trying to make the city better. And then as it progressed, it went very downhill. But now the new guys that are coming in, they're coming in when it's at its lowest. Mm -hmm. But I'm hoping that by the end of their career, they get to say, hey, look at the transition. Look at all the hard work we did and how we made the city once again safe. Right. I mean, I'd love to see that because I can't even imagine right now um, walking. I mean, it it just feels different there. I mean, I lived there uh, years ago for five years right there in the city of Manhattan. And I, I mean, it's a pedestrian city. You know, most most people don't drive. I mean, you have cars there, yeah. obviously, but that you you walk, and it's it's just a different feeling now than it used to be. It, it, it's it's a shame. You know, Rudy Giuliani came in the nineties. They said, "There's no way in hell you're cleaning up Times Square. There's no way you're gonna get the junkies and the homeless off the street. There's no way you're gonna make it safe." Well, you know what? And I've become, you know, I've always looked up to uh, Commissioner Kerrig, yeah. and I've been a speaker at events with him, and he said it. Yeah. He said, Rudy came in and said, I don't care what you say I'm going to do or think I'm going to do. This is what I am doing. Right. And he he told people, I, I ran on this, and it's my goal, and, and I'm going to make it happen. Right. And that's what we need. And Eric Adams has been saying, you know, all the right stuff. Right. I'm just hoping that with his police background, he can bring a different dimension because he did it. Mm-hmm. He lived the life of a cop. He knows how hard it is to it go is. out there and do the job. But yet he also has the political background of being a senator and a Brooklyn Borough president. So if he brings the both worlds together and is able to somehow balance it, he could be a, a force to be reckoned with. And I would love to see that, by the way. I would love to see so that. So would I. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, I mean, he lived it so he knows it because nobody really knows the stress that you all go through. I mean, it's hard on your families. I mean, police officers yeah. and their relationships in the, in the, with their spouses, it, there's constant tension. It, it's it's Correct. it's hard for them to even stay together. Sometimes, I mean, they, there are fa- couples that stay together. But, but it's one of the highest divorce rates of any profession is policing. Yes, it very much is. You have it's the great long sympathy. hours. And, you know, it's very hard because even, even your spouse, man or woman, if they're not a police officer, that they don't understand what you're going through. And then you tend to cling to that group of people mm-hmm. because you understand one another. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and the public, I don't know where we started patronizing the criminals and forgetting about the victims and yeah. villainizing the officers. You know, officers are human beings. They have stresses. And the one thing is, there's always a quote, you know, it's a ticket to the greatest show on earth, and it is. But 
more times than not, in the overwhelming majority, you see the worst of the worst of people more than you see the best of the best. You have to go home with that. And you have to find a way of shutting it off. And that's why you hear so many officers either depressed or drinking or, you know, they've committed suicide. It's, it's, it's a combination of so many things. And I think society has forgotten that at the end of the day, those people are, are human beings underneath that uniform. I think so, too. And I think that's one of the reasons that we see so, so many of you all being attacked and set up right now, you know, to, to be... Uh to be a, to even kill. I mean, I mean, yesterday that happened again. Uh, and you have even men killing female cops. You have men killing women yeah. and they don't even yeah. care. I mean, it's just. There are two of them in the last two weeks. Yes. You know, that we saw the one officer that begged for her life yes. and then the other officer that was sitting in her patrol car. And then that reminds me of the ambush of detectives Ramos and Lou in, in 2014 and the NYPD. And it's disgusting. And, and it's come down to the, the vilification of, politicians going in front of a podium and spilling hate. That's right. And I don't know if it's that they don't realize it, but there's really some sick individuals out there that really take what these politicians say to heart and go out there and make it a reality. And there's no room for it. And for all those politicians, they should be ashamed of themselves. A lot of them should be kicked out of office for even going with the riots, with standing side by side with people that were going out there and burning down cities, hurting police officers, robbing individuals. There's no place in society. We're in 2022. We should be going backwards. Right. And I heard you on another podcast or interview, or I don't know, you're you're everywhere right right now, so I can't cite the exact one. But you said, you know, it's our right to protest. But you cross the line whenever you're blocking highways, when you're doing these things and you're burning, like you were saying, buildings, creating destruction. And you then you have these influencers, like you were talking about, saying, oh, this, this is a peaceful protest or this is. Correct. And it isn't. It isn't. Well, that was wrong with Bill de Blasio and all these mayors across the city is they were allowing and making excuses for individuals. Listen, it's your it's your right. Right. to go out there and protest. There's nothing right. wrong with that. But the Correct. second you start affecting everyday life, you shut down streets, highways, you inconvenience people, you put people in fear, that goes out the window. That's we right. give you one or two opportunities to go back on the sidewalk and do what you have to do. Other than that, you shut it down. And that's what the cops have to get back to. Exactly. You know, my grandfather, he was he was a, detect, uh, a police officer too on my mom's side, but mm-hmm. that was a cop. And I'll never forget it. And, and I, I forgot what conversation, how it started, but my grandfather said, he goes, Joey, if you want to be loved, be a fireman. He goes, because as a police officer, you're always going to take people's rights away and nobody likes that. Yeah. And you're going to be the bad guy to some people. But you know what? It's needed. I, You know, Marie, I miss those stories and I haven't heard it so much of when people would call me like, you know, I got real, I got pulled over by this jerk cop today. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you know what it did? And I'm not saying the cop was right. It gave people that fear and respect to look in the rearview mirror, to drive better, to respect the people around them, to respect the officer. The problem is, is there's not those interactions anymore because cops have taken the handoff approach because that's what politicians want. And that's why we're seeing so much crime and so much disrespect because this new generation was never stopped by the cops. They never had to be accountable for their actions. Listen, you go out there and you rob a store or or you even just take a candy bar. Mm-hmm. You need to be told that that's not okay. That's because right. these individuals start doing that with a candy bar and then they're robbing $500 worth of stuff, then 900 Then they hear idiots and, and mayors in San Francisco saying, anything under 1000 just take it and walk that's out. Right. And that's a problem. It's There's business owners. There's yes. people that are suffering. suffering. They're trying to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. People, there's... Marie, there's a reason why jails were made hundreds of years ago, because yes. people then were smarter than us. Yes. They realized when you take the problem out of the equation, the equation's solved, everyone's safe, 
end of story. It's just the way it is. You're absolutely right, because there's no accountability. Moral conscience has dropped, if there is even any, and, and some of the, the, the younger people today. It's, and then the, and when you have them in herds, then they're, they are, they're even more destructive, aren't they? I mean, it's... Correct. It's, and, and, and you know, I'm sick and tired of hearing, and I've heard it again this week, it kind of set me off because the last couple of politicians, mm-hmm. you know, I hate to pick sides, but more so on the Democrat side. You always hear, we're making history. I don't give a damn about history. <laughs> I want you to make results. Yeah. Stop putting people in office because you want to want to show the world, hey, look what we look like. I don't care what you look like. Right. Put somebody in there that deserves it. Man, woman, gay, straight, black, white, that's anything right. in between. Right. You put that individual in there that's going to get the job done. Stop this nonsense with history because the people trying to make history are actually making the wrong side of history mm-hmm. trying to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. No, the, and, and and we do see that. All I mean, even masculinity, which, which we need healthy masculinity, just like we need healthy fear. I mean, Jordan Peterson is, talks about that all the time. And you need that. And when we don't have that and we denigrate it and we... we uh, try to destroy that in our kids this is what we have this is what we yep. what we see and it, and it's 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 a shame really it's a shame because like you said you police officers you take a, a a covenant you make a commitment to the constitution to uphold the law and this is including the people that are that are attacking you and are disrespecting you you're navigating Correct in those areas, being spit on, having things thrown at you, and you still have to protect those people. Yep. And, and yeah, you're- officers didn't, didn't sign up for this. You hear people say, well, they, they signed up for this. They took, no, 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 no. I, there's no other profession other than the military. Listen, there's many dangerous jobs, but other than the military, you don't leave your house every single day and have a reality that I might not walk through this door right. today, especially with the way things have been going since uh, the Obama administration. You know right. what I mean? It's it's a shame. And, and to get targeted, not because of the person you are, but the uniform you wear. That's there's right. something wrong with that in society. It goes against everything you were taught as a child from, from your upbringing, yes. everything you were taught when you were in religions mm-hmm. and, and, and ethics and morals. It goes against all that. And, and to have these evil human beings that we mm-hmm. put into office justify actions such as those there's no place and in my opinion if you have no disregard to shoot or hurt or try to maim or kill a police officer mm-hmm. you have zero disregard to the average citizen mm-hmm. mom dad grandma you name it mm-hmm. so anyone that hurts a cop there should be an automatic death penalty if, if they intentionally go out there and kill a police officer mm-hmm. because we have to show a society that we're not going to stand for this mm-hmm. that you're not going to go out there and and, and take out one of our angels trying to protect our neighborhoods. Right. You know, and the second you have accountability like that, things stop. Just like qualified immunity. We hear it all the time. You want to take it away from the cops? Take away the qualified immunity for the district attorneys and the judges. Mm-hmm. And God forbid they let one of these mutts out on the street that they know is a menace to society that goes out there and, and kills somebody or, or assaults somebody to the point of where their life changes. Mm-hmm. They should be on the hook. And watch how fast Criminals are remanded, held That's behind right. bars. Watch. It's that simple. Little changes that make a big difference. Right. And a lot of people, um, you know, that are voting, they don't they don't even stop to think, right, about all of these, like you're saying, little changes, what people are really saying, because they play, most of these politicians are playing to people's emotions, and they make it seem as if they're being more sensitive, more caring, right, about the community, when in fact, they're, they're really making everything uh, blow apart, it, and and people don't don't see that, and it's and it's tough because I that's why I appreciate you so much, and I wanted to have you on, because when you started the Blue Lives Matter, even saying that sometimes people would say, oh, then you you're pro 
cop killer. You want people, yep. you know, and nonsense. It, it, it's not that you're saying we need to support the, the men and women that are in uniform that are that are, uh, you know, <clears throat> trying to help keep our community safe. And they're yep. being and the a- reason why we started in 2014 is I, I felt like officers were always villainized. I woke up every day as a cop and on the front page of the paper, a news story, cops were told that they were evil, that they went out there and they were going after certain types of people and targeting individuals. And it was completely false coming right. from the other side, knowing that I've never in my career, my 16 year career, never anyone, no matter what they look like, was in the locker room, put on their vest and their gun belt and said, I'm going to go after a white guy today or a black girl. No one has ever done that. Right. The reality is, is there's a radio transmission that comes over because a victim, a victim that we don't know what color they are, what, what their social economic status is. They need help. Right. So we go there. We don't choose who commits the crime, right. but it's our responsibility to stop the person from further committing a crime. So on top of that, though, I sat there and after Ramos and Lou, I saw, I was at Rafael Ramos's wake and it was freezing. It was in December. Was five and they were shot the in their police car, right? They were shot in their Just police car. Just sitting there by their own business. They they were from the 8-4 precinct and they were out on a detail, mm-hmm. not even in their precinct. And Wenjin Lou and Rafael Ramos weren't even partners. They were paired up that day. Mm-hmm. It was five days before Christmas. And I'm standing there online and I see these officers from all over the world literally come and support this family because I think cops had enough. And that's what it, it we were always together, but not as tight as that, right? Mm-hmm. And then after the funeral services, everyone went home. And I said, how do we unite all these all these people? How do we continue this? And we came up with these silicone wristbands, which took off and you know the rest is history. But at the same time, I, I sat there and said, all these families that have lost a loved one in the line of duty, and they're seeing cities burn, and people say cops are pigs, they deserve to die, fry them like bacon. They're sitting there like, my family died for this, so we had to bring the family members to the forefront. So what we do is we raise the money for the families of cops killed in the line of duty mm-hmm. or diagnosed with a life-threatening disease like cancer from 9-11. Because no matter what, it starts from within. If we can make a positive change from within and show the world, even off-duty, that mm-hmm. cops really want to do good things, you know, you could change the mindset of some people and show, hey, maybe yeah. not every cop is bad. That's you know, every profession has knuckleheads. Right. I'm so sick and tired of, uh, oh, cops, this, cops, that's not the nonsense. Right. There's been crappy teachers, crappy priests. You All know of I mean? them, we yeah. We go on and on and on. But that's you not, know, but yeah, that doesn't... But stop cops. Right. And I remember hearing you say, and I thought, I thought this was fascinating because I didn't know this, and I think that the Lord has set you up in a particular way because... Because when you first came in, you were assigned to the precinct where there was a rogue cop who had done something really horrendous to uh, a prisoner. And right. and you were young on at that time, and you you would talk about how I mean he was wrong, and that he needed to be prosecuted and pay for what he did, and and he was. Absolutely. But you would talk about having to navigate that neighborhood and how people treated you all and saw you all as a result of what happened. That is for sure not what you were expecting when you joined the police force, right? Listen, listen. When, when I, I still remember, I'm from Staten Island. So if nobody knows Staten Island, is a little town. It's you know very Republican. It's Catholic, you know, for the most part. Yeah. Um, you know, I was on uh, where was I? I was on St. Paul's Court and, and Ocean Ocean Avenue, mm-hmm. and I'm standing there. I'm like, what did I do to deserve this? It wasn't that great of a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And as you were saying, you know, Justin Volpe was, was the officer at the time that ended up using a broomstick, you know, and, and really, you know, sodomizing a prisoner in a bathroom. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no place in society for that. And he right. deserved to go to jail. And there was no excuse. Right. Right. That poor individual, what he had to live with and what he continues to live with. Mm-hmm. But years later, after being a rookie and I wasn't even on the job, people would curse at you. They would bring up that incident. They'd have this, this, this negativity towards you. And here you are once again, because of a uniform, mm-hmm. they didn't know how old I was. I was probably, you know, a kid in high school when that happened. I, I didn't even, yeah. you know, but 
by the time I left that neighborhood five and a half years later, I loved that place. That was my second home. Yes. You know, uh, seeing different cultures and understanding people and experiencing the holidays, even though sometimes it was forced, you know, you know, forced to work there, but seeing how different people celebrate different holidays, right. it's, it really opened your eyes and it set me up for further things. And, right. you know, the Seven Oak Precinct in East Flatbush is one of the most diverse neighborhoods yeah. in the city of New York. Yes. They have every type of person living from one side of the precinct to the other end. You know, I'm grateful, and, and I think it probably did influence me moving forward. I think so, too. And, and like you talked about, the honoring of the traditions and all of those, it's a melting pot there. I mean, you could literally walk, and you don't know what anyone is, but there's just so many traditions, and there's so much respect, and it's cross-respect. It's not dividing like, we, like we're seeing out here right now because of what all the politicians are doing. Like, And, I, you know, it wasn't like this. And you're, I agree with you. The Obama administration really did start to do a lot of the, this di- dividing us up and— Pointing and just saying things that weren't even true, and then people started Correct. believing it. It's you know, listen. The Michael Brown situation, the hands up, don't shoot, was a complete lie. Complete lie. And there they are, of course. You know, they didn't show the video of him going in and assaulting and robbing an individual That's in a right. store, and they didn't tell why the cops were called. They made it seem like a white officer was just yes. targeting a black boy, which wasn't true. Not at you all. You know, which I hate. Right. And no one wants to hear the truth on that. And nobody wanted to talk. This guy actually went up to the car, and you often did everything in his power to not use force. Yes. And the guy was literally punching and pummeling the officer, and the officer literally felt like his life was in danger. Correct. You know, and at that time, he felt like he had to make a certain decision. And unfortunately, any life lost is a tragedy. Absolutely. But once again, accountability. If you put yourself in that situation, don't make up lies and lie to society. Tell the truth. You started race wars. You That's started right. literal riots all over this nation with this hands up, don't shoot, which was a lie. A whole, a complete a lie. lie. The whole thing was a lie. And you have p- neighborhoods being built. People here, I mean, St. Louis is one of the most divided, racially divided, yep. uh, great tension in the air here. And it just didn't help anything. And then you saw the right. media putting up pictures of, of Michael Brown as a little boy. He was not a little yep. boy when this happened. His little cap and gown, yeah, <laughs> but they didn't show his Facebook with him holding a firearm That's, that was illegal. Exactly. No one talked about the shootings and the robberies was involved. That stuff has to stop. Right. Exactly. You know, the media needs to be held accountable. I you know, agree. Just like judges and, and, and district attorneys, the media needs to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we, but we have all this censoring going on right now of, of us trying to get out the truth. And that's why your word means so much, because you have such integrity, you have such strength, and you are working your butt off right now trying to help mm-hmm. help your officers in blue across the nation, because your yeah. organization does not just support uh, NYPD. You, you go out to California, you go out and you reach out to other um, families that have lost officers um, or whose children need help. You know, God God has a plan. There's a higher power. And I've always said it. There's some there's something greater than me that's pushed this. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I sit there and say, I don't know how it's humanly possible that I'm able to do so much in such little time. But it's not me. And I say it all the time. The guy upstairs has a plan. He has me on some train. I don't know where it's taking me or where it's going. But where it goes, I'll do the best I can. Yes, and I can see that. And right now you are getting a, a really good band of people that are supporting you. I mean, you have Don Bongino, Brian Kilomede, who is a fabulous, by the way, fabulous. Uh, a man of integrity, Mike Pence, Joe Piscopo, Chas Parliamentary. You have, uh, I mean, the list is growing on and on. I think Kevin Sorbo, you just have a, a great group of people that are behind you and it's growing all the time. Yeah, because you keep moving forward. And listen, there's sometimes it gets frustrated just in life and you'll be laying in bed sometimes like, why, why am I doing this? Because 
there's a lot of people as you continue to do more and your face is out there. I've never, you know, really understood it till you get there, but there's a lot of evil, nasty people out there that try to make up lies yes. and will do anything in their power. And I don't know why I've never been that person. You do whatever you want to do. God bless you. I want you to succeed. But there's a lot of people that want to go out there and, and when you're trying to do good, you know, when they say every, every good deed, you know, doesn't go unpunished. It's, yeah. it's true a lot of times, unfortunately. You know, and, and you do this out of great integrity and sacrifice, and, and it's based on your values and your faith. And it takes great courage, I have to say, to move forward all the time because you are a father and you are a son. And I, I don't I don't know if you wanted me to say this, but you, you worked very hard to also buy your parents their home because your father was a man who sacrificed and, and believed in the badge and, and in protecting and, and c- keeping true to his oath. And he tried to... Pr- to keep you from being a police officer because he yeah, wanted- he did he told me he never wanted me to do it and, and i've said it before but that always said i want you to be better than me my dad never knew i was i always looked up to him and yeah. it was a great honor when i became a cop that i wore the exact shield with the same numbers that he wore which yeah. is absolutely incredible you know yeah. and you know when i was younger i saw my father father and mother struggle my mom was a stay-at-home mom she used to be a hairdresser and they had three kids and you know cops back then didn't make a whole lot of money yeah and uh you know we, we grew up in apartments and mm-hmm. and uh you know, but it was always bigger and bigger. You know, my parents always grew, but yes. they never had anything of themselves. And after Hurricane Sandy, you know, me and my best friend were able to go out there and buy a house. And, you know, like I always told myself when I was younger, I wanted to give back to them. So, you know, I've, I've been blessed, but, you know, blessings also come when you put in hard work. Yeah. You're not just going to wake up one day and, you know, everything's going to be handed to you. That's right. Unfortunately, which a lot of society with the young kids growing up thinks. That's, what I, that's why I brought it up, because you have worked very hard. Um, to to do what you do, and it's such an unselfish thing that you do. Um, so I I just want to commend you for that. I want to say thank, thank you, you for all that you are doing, and I want people to go to your website and and support you. They can buy merchandise. There's shirts that say Blue Lives Matter. I I don't know if you still have the wristbands. I know that we have the wristbands, and we have the big gala. We have a big gala every single year. This year we're honoring uh, Detective Anastasio Sacos, who was a highway cop that was run over last year. And then we are honoring Louis Alvarez, who was the bomb squad detective that was fighting in front of Congress with John Stewart for 9-11 related benefits, which he won. But he ended up succumbing to his injuries and passing away. Uh, you know, we have people all over the United States travel in for that, you know, four to five hundred uh, patrons. You know, we're honoring Joe Piscopo this year, yes. Paul Tootle Sr. from Orange County Choppers. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Atkinson is an MTA detective who actually has 9-11 related cancer. Yeah. He's been a... Uh, you know, fighting for a very long time. We're honoring him with a uh, little Abigail Arias Inspiration Award. Yeah. You know, if anyone doesn't know, go visit, you know, Abigail's story. Yeah. You know, she's out of, uh, you know, Freeport, Texas. But, uh, you know, Blue Lives Matter, NYC.org. You know, it's great. You can make a weekend of it. You yes. meet a lot of people across this great nation. And the tickets are very affordable, I have to say. So uh, it's you're not yeah. making them so astronomically high that people cannot afford it. And no, a- average average galas can go anywhere from $250 to $1,000 a ticket. Yeah. 150 bucks get you to a cocktail hour, a full four-hour sit-down dinner. It's a five-hour night of, you know, a lot of mingling, a lot of awards, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a little bit of tears, a lot of laughs. Yes. But, an absolutely great night. And if people can't make it, they can still buy a ticket and support it and, and the, you know, or, or well, sponsor someone. Well, what they can do someone. is if they want, which a lot of people do, is they'll buy a ticket and say, hey, I'll buy, you know, one or two tickets. Can you donate it to a family of a cop killed in the line? Of I would love that. And what we'll do yeah. is we'll take that ticket and we'll say, okay, we're going to have the Ramos family is going to come right. or the Lem family or, you know, they love that because now they get a night out. Now they also know that 
whether it's a year or 20 years ago, their loved one is still being remembered yes. and now you just brighten someone else's life. So that's always possible as well. You know, you can email me at joseph at blue lives matter, nyc.org if you're interested in doing that. Yes. And I encourage you, uh, everybody who's listening to please consider doing that, either attending, sponsoring a table so some other um, people could, could attend. Uh, like you were saying, some of the police officers and their families, um, because they don't get paid a lot. And um, it, it takes a lot for them to be able to attend things like this that are not necessary when they're paying for their kids to go to school and, and the things that they need there. Living in New York City is very expensive, everyone. And the police officers don't make much. So... Go ahead. You were going to say something, Joseph? No, no. I'm just, you know, it's been great, Marie, you know, be able to go out there and speak to people. And, you know, a lot of people, they, they, they tend to come to me and I feel like they're drawn to me because I, they tell me you speak from the heart. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing that I can do that there's no fluff. And, and the difference between me and a lot of people is a lot of quote unquote experts, they're retired mm-hmm. and nothing against the older gentlemen or women that go on. They have a lot of gray hair, but yeah. they've been out for 20, 30 years. And mm-hmm. I've been blessed on this path to still be active, to be able to, to have a platform to be able to go out there and still see firsthand. And I just hope that even if in the beginning of a conversation, if someone's like, ah, oh, this guy's a jerk, hopefully by the end <laughs> of it, they say, you know what? I'm really glad I listened to him because he's honest, true, and, and now I get to see a different side. That's right. Well, most people think I'm a jerk when they first meet me, too. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> they yeah. spend a little time around and they end up loving me. <laughs> that's great. That's right. what you want. You do. I mean, come on. You got to be yourself. You know, you can't. It can't be. And listen, at the end of the day, all we have is each other. And That's if people right. could start living by that motto um, and stop, you know, putting aside these differences. Listen, you know, the only reason why racism exists nowadays is because we as a society create it. There's definitely bias. Mm-hmm. 100% people always have bias. But when it's pounded into your head, you know, that, that dumb stuff happens. There's no reason for someone to look at somebody else and be like, I don't like you and not understand why. You know, mm-hmm. it's 2022. Let's start moving ahead. Stop the nonsense. And let's start working together for a better tomorrow. I agree. And thank you so much, because I, I just love how you're a man of integrity. You live your faith. You live with courage and you share it and you speak about it so, so openly. And uh, I know that, you know, Christopher who's and, and Carlos, who are your other co-founders of the organization, do it as well. And uh, I just pray God's blessings over you all. I really do. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So have a happy new year. Have a wonderful day. And all, to all our listeners, uh, please go to the Blue Lives Matter, uh, org. Is it Blue Lives Matter NYC? Blue Lives Matter NYC.org. .org. Uh, have a look there. Support them. Uh, share their website with other people. Share this uh, interview with other people. And leave us comments uh, and questions if you have them. And always remember, there are two kinds of fire in the world, the one that burns and consumes and the one that burns and empowers. Until next time, little embers, I'm Marie, and this is Joseph. See you soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media, familyvisionmedia.org.